keep it up, keep it up, keeping putting one foot in front of the other, and God will supply the energy. And what does God hold? He holds out to us a promise. He holds out to us a reward. He holds out to us a welcome, an eternal welcome in his presence that will be forever and ever. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be the reality for every single member of the human race. You either will be enjoying and reveling in the presence of the holy God who has welcomed you, he who calls himself your father calls himself your father, daddy, who is looking for reasons to pour out blessing on you, or you will be, well, let me read the last three verses of the prophet Isaiah, who describes in three verses exactly what I'm describing to you. Isaiah 66, verse 22, for as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make will remain before me, says the Lord. So shall your descendants and your name remain. An eternal presence. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, every month, every month, and from one Sabbath to another, every week, every week, all flesh shall come to worship before me all the redeemed who are dwelling in his presence will come and worship before him says the Lord and they shall go forth from that new Jerusalem they shall go forth from there and look upon the corpses of the men the people who have transgressed against me, for their worm does not die and their fire is not quenched. They shall be an abhorrence to all flesh. And I can remember as a teenager, the first time I read that passage, and I drew back in absolute horror. Lord, why, why would I want to look at that? Our God is merciful and he is just. He cannot be unjust. And what I drew back in horror from 50 years ago <laughs> plus, the more I have know, come to know God, the more I've been instructed by him, it doesn't horrify me anymore, folks, because I will not be looking at something that is wrong. But where will we be? If you have entrusted yourself to the mercy of God through Jesus Christ, you will be in his welcoming presence. But if you reject his mercy, what are you saying? God, I don't need your mercy. I'll take justice. I'm fine with justice. No, 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 no. You don't know what holiness looks like. That is an insane choice. You don't want justice. You want mercy. You want mercy. You want mercy. And he is more interested in pouring it out on you than you are in receiving it. It matters. And there is a reward. Even on top of the basic plan, there is a reward. Your father is looking for a reason to pour out eternal 
extras on you. And it's going to be so great because you won't have a fallen nature. He's going to reach inside of each one of us, yank out our fallen nature and throw it away so he can spoil the socks off of us and not mess with, not ruin us. And he's going to do it. How cool is it? I told you earlier, uh, when my wife returns, she's going to bring a piece of that birthday cake that our granddaughter, Emma, made for her. I'm looking forward to being spoiled with that. Let me tell you, it's, it's, it's not going to hurt my feelings. And the cool thing is, it's not going to harm. <laughs> in, the, in God's kingdom, we can eat all the cake we want, and it won't harm us. Okay? But ladies and gentlemen, what I'm telling you is the truth. That is what awaits the entire human race. By faith, by faith, God took this fellow Abraham, who frankly, where he was, it sounds, it appears that he was the, uh, a member of a fairly wealthy family. And God called him away to go to a place that he had never seen. Genesis chapter 12, I'll give you a land and I'm going to give you a seed and I'm going to make you a blessing. I'm going to bless you and, I'm, and through you I'm going to bless the entire earth. But you have to go to the place I'm pointing you. And you know what God gave? Do you know what he promised Abraham? The western third of the fertile crescent. All the way from where the Tigris Euphrates at the top of the Fertile Crescent crosses, all the way down the Mediterranean coast till to Egypt. That's what he promised Abraham. Not bad. Not bad. And then blessing would flow to the whole earth from there. And then blessing would would go round and round. That's what he, and he believed God and stepped out. walked by faith, faith, as it says in chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Now, faith is the substance, the reality of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If someone says to you, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a right to expect to see them make decisions that reflect that confession. When you see them walking by faith, Okay, I guess they really mean that. It's not just words to them. It's the reality to them. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. We read God's word. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And we believe that if he is the, by the way, this is the beginning of, this is why God has authority in your life. Is he, if he is your creator, he has the right over his own creation. It wouldn't exist if he hadn't called it into being. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Out of the invisible, he made the visible. What seems to us so, I just love this, and this is in Isaiah. I just love this. The creation, we can't, 
with our most powerful telescopes, we can't reach out to the edge of the universe. And yet the scripture says he holds the universe, the creation, in the span of his hand. <coughs> I'll take that, God. I'll take that, God. Then we have Abel, Enoch, verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He not only is, but he has a heart towards us. He's seeking to pour out reward on us. He's seeking to give us gifts. The only thing that restrains him is not ruining us with it. account of Abraham. I love verse 10. For he waited, he Abraham waited for a city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. And I love this especially on Mother's Day. By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. I'm going to say when the angel came to uh, the Lord came to Abraham he was 99 years old. Sarah's 90 and said okay one year from now Sarah's going to have that promised son. And Abraham's like, oh, okay, we already, I already went my own way and produced a son, uh, so why don't we just not know it's going to be the son of promise. And then three months later, according to the time of life, the Lord himself showed up with two angels, and they're sitting down, and I just love this, uh, and they're outside the tent. Sarah's inside the tent listening and God says, again, uh, according to time of life, nine months from now, Sarah's going to have a child. And inside the tent, Sarah laughs. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Sarah, why did you laugh? <laughs> I didn't laugh. Yes, you did. And you're going to name that child when he is born. You're going to name him Yitzhak. Laughter. We anglicize it over to Isaac. I just love Yitzhak. Yuck, 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 yuck. You're going to name your son Yuck, 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 yuck. Yitzhak, Yitzhak, Yitzhak. And when he was born, they named him Yitzhak, Yitzhak. And they were so filled with joy and laughter. It wasn't a laugh anymore of, yeah, right, sorrow. It was a laugh of absolute unrestrained joy. Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 91. He was the child of promise. And Sarah took that rebuke promise and believed it. And so did Abraham. And nine months later, Yitzhak, laughter, was born Verse 13, these all died in faith. The promise is the promise that the, when the kingdom comes, it will have come forever. But in the same way that we are still striving, stepping towards, stepping towards, stepping towards that kingdom, they were doing the same thing. 
These all died in faith, believing God's promise, not having received the promise. The promises hadn't been fulfilled to them yet. But having seen them afar off, were assured of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. I will not anchor myself. I will not attach to myself to the things that are passing away. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to, God would have let him go back. But Abraham did not return to the place of his, his original homeland. Israel did not turn around and go back to Egypt. But now they desire a better and a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city for them. God is going to keep the promise. And when he keeps it, he will have kept it forever. What are you banking on? What are you going to invest your life in? That which is not only going to pass away, it's going to blow up in your face. Or will you put all your investment in what God has promised? And when he keeps that promise, it will have been kept forever. Verse 26, speaking of Moses, he esteemed the reproaches of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt for he looked for the reward. Let me tell you something. Moses was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. You go back in the book of Exodus, you can read the account. Moses was adopted by Pharaoh's. He is living in Pharaoh's palace. And we know Egyptian history. There was a, the man whom Moses become, he was renowned in Egypt. He was actually, Moses was a general in the Egyptian army. He had had battle victory. He was renowned. He was son, I'm desperately trying to remember her name. I've got a book all about her. The only daughter of Pharaoh in, all, in about a thousand years of history that would have dared disobey Pharaoh's orders. Because Pharaoh had commanded all the Hebrew children Hebrew boys be killed. And yet his own daughter knowingly violated that. There was only one woman in all of he Egyptian history that could have gotten away with that. And that was the woman that adopted Moses and raised him. And everybody knew what had happened. And he was raised. He became a general. He became renowned. And then he saw a Hebrew brother being mistreated. And he killed the Egyptian doing it. And then he heard the threats, and so he fled. And for the next 40 years, he went from being an Egyptian general to a shepherd in Midian. Folks, in that culture, being a shepherd was as low down on the totem pole of society as you could be. And that's what he did for the next. God completely emptied him of his own self-energy, his own self-worth, 
so much so that when he did see the burning bush and he came and God said, okay, now I'm sending you back to Egypt to do the very thing that you tried to do 40 years ago. And Moses said, why don't you find somebody else? I'm really not fit for this. Uh, no, this is way too big for me. And God said, it's not about you, Moses. It's about me. You just do what I say and you'll be good. And then he gave Moses three signs. The rod that became a serpent when he cast it down, the staff that became a serpent when he cast it to the ground, and then as he grabbed the tail, it became a rod again. And then he gave him two other signs to show to the, to the uh, Jewish elders in Israel. You put your hand inside your cloak. Okay, Moses, put your hand inside your cloak. Take it out again. He took it out, and it was white with leprosy. Put it back in your cloak and take it out. And he did, and it was clean. And then, and when you get there, you'll be able to pour a pitcher of water on the ground and it will become blood. And that was the proof to the Jewish leadership that he was actually God's appointed man. And they believed that and followed him. Faith. Faith. Well, I wonder if the God who did that for me there before the burning bush, will he do that in Egypt? He was still walking by faith. He's walking by faith. He's walking by faith as he throws down his, his staff in the, the presence of Pharaoh. And, oh, yes, good. Did become a serpent again. <laughs> he walked by faith as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, the walls of Jericho, verse 30, fell down as the people obeyed God in these nonsensical Okay, just walk around the city and then yell. And the walls will, what? He gave them a silly battle plan. Come on. It was silly. We can look back and we read the account. Oh, how wonderful. But what if you're the guy doing it? This is just silly. Well, except they had just seen the Jordan stopped and they had the, the he gave them reasons to believe him. And then the walls of Jericho, that walled city, fell down. Verse 35, women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. I would rather die than deny Christ. And that is the story of virtually every martyr. Most martyrs can escape their martyrdom, their murder, their judicial murder, if they would simply renounce Christ, and they will not do it. Verse 38, of whom the world was not worthy. Verse 39, all these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect, brought into the fullness of the reward, the promise, apart from us. When we all step, we're all, every believer of every age is going to step in to that kingdom glory together. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by gr so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Boy, is that ever. If that can be, if there's an understatement in the scripture, that's an under, 
sin rises up and suddenly we discover ourselves covered with the webs. We have to be alert. Let us lay aside every weight. You're running a race. You're running a race. You don't carry extra weights when you're running a race. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Keep putting one foot in front of the other, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. Now, my New King James says our, but the word our is in italics, meaning it's supplied by the translator just to kind of smooth, and it actually turns us away from what he's saying. He is the author and finisher of faith. Jesus himself is the par excellence example of the walk of faith. God the Son become flesh himself was walking by faith as he was arrested and taken into the presence into the illegal unjust trial at the hands of the, Jew, of the Jewish leadership. And then they take him to Pilate. He's walking by faith. He, what did he say when he, they came to arrest him? And Peter pulls out a sword and takes off the, the ear of the high priest's servant. And Jesus heals the fellow's ear. Peter, put your sword away. I can call 12 legions of angels. Folks, that's 72,000 angels. A Roman legion was 6,000. I can call 12,000. I can call 12 legions of angels, 72,000 angels. I don't need your sword. He could have called those 12 legions of angels every step of the way, and he didn't. Because the Father promised him on the other side of the cross is elevation to my right hand, and all of the inheritance I've been setting aside for all of the authority that I've been exercising, I will be handing off to you, son. That's why it says in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's a word in their, in their culture. That means the, the, the sole heir of all. And Jesus stepped into that inheritance after coming out of that tomb. He walked by faith. He is the par excellence example of Faith, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher, the A and Z, the alpha and omega what, of what faith looks like. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And there was shame, not just pain associated with the crucifixion. And has sat down and, oh, did God keep the promise? Hmm. Yes, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And what is it that God holds out to us? A similar type of elevation. And we look at that promise and we say, you know, I could understand God keeping that promise for Bob or I can believe for Lord. I, me? I know me. I know. No. Every one of us is as unqualified, left to ourselves, we are as unqualified for kingdom Elevation and glory is can be conceived of, except God has mercy. 
God has mercy. God has mercy. As we come to the Lord's table, that's what we're celebrating. That's what we're being reminded of by our Lord. That's why Jesus set this in place, as he knew his people would need a constant reminder, a stepping back to, to go, if you ever played boardwalk. Go back to square one. Go back to square. Remind yourself of the fundamental reality of the welcome you have. It is because of the blood, the broken body, and the poured out blood of Jesus. I'm going to 